All right, who loves a summer barbecue as much as I do? Listen, if you want to impress everyone with some super yummy dishes, you need ButcherBox in your life. ButcherBox is my go-to subscription box that delivers high-quality meat and seafood to your door with free shipping always. And I'm talking high-quality cuts at an amazing value. 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. We are saving so much money every month with ButcherBox over going to the grocery store and buying meat and seafood and saving a lot of time. But get this, last month we saved nearly $200. I also love that ButcherBox curates these tips and recipes that are based on your box so you know what to cook. I made the most amazing steak with a basil sauce the other night. And oh, let me tell you, my friends all raved at how amazing it tasted. I'm definitely going to be pulling that recipe out. If you want great meat and seafood in your life, you need ButcherBox. Sign up for ButcherBox today by going to butcherbox.com etm and use code etm at checkout and enjoy your choice of bone-in chicken thighs, top sirloins, or salmon in every box for an entire year, plus get $20 off. Again, that's butcherbox.com etm and use code etm. Hi, I'm Karina Bemisterfer, host of Morning Cup of Murder, your daily true crime podcast. Yes, you heard me right. Daily true crime. Every day, Morning Cup of Murder tells you a straightforward, short form story about murder, true crime, cold cases, disappearances, serial killers, cults, and more. And I do that all in under 15 minutes. With over three years of stories and over 20 million downloads, the Morning Cup of Murder podcast has become a staple of so many people's daily routines. So why not add it to yours? Stream Morning Cup of Murder everywhere you listen to podcasts. And remember, stay safe. Rich is the definition of the quality of your life, not a numerical value and how you choose to live it. Wise words from our guest Dan Ryan, who shares not to be missed money tips for Henry's No, not the men's shaving line, but rather high earners who are not yet rich. Whether you are one or you long to be one, this episode will surely deliver. You're listening to Millennial Money with award-winning money expert and serial entrepreneur, Shauna Compton-Game, where we flip the script on the old school approach to everything your parents never taught you about money. Each week, Shauna creates a safe space by talking with special guests from around the world about money wellness, entrepreneurship, traveling like a boss, and what makes millennials tick. Unique stories, trailblazing perspectives, tips, tricks, and everything there is to know about money. Find it all here as you uncover your money story and unlock the life you want to live. Pretty cool, right? Here's Shauna, money expert, Indiana Hoosier, and burger aficionado. Welcome, welcome. I am so glad to have you here. We did an episode a few years ago now about Henry's and, well, you just really loved it. So I thought it would make sense to circle back to this idea and kind of refresh our minds. As Dan mentions, the name Henry is not very gender neutral, right? (laughs) So for my fellow female listeners, just separate a bit from the name and just focus on the idea. When I used to be a practicing financial planner, I can't tell you how many people would say to me, I earn a ton of money. Why am I not more well off? Or why can't I save? I make enough money. Or why am I not yet wealthy? They're all great questions. And I really want to debunk a myth on this episode that just because you earn a lot of money doesn't mean you are necessarily wealthy. 
The secret is that you can be almost on any salary, on any amount of money you make. You just need a few tricks up your sleeve. Dan is the managing partner and CIO at Sinceris Advisory, which is a New York City-based RIA that works with more than 120 families nationwide. He spent over the last 14 years in the fee-only space with a focus on providing independent and impartial investment and financial planning advice. In this episode, Dan shares some financial sprints you need to know and some quick win strategies that can translate into major achievements. So excited to share this conversation with you. I'm Shauna Compton-Game, and this is Millennial Money. We're talking about financial planning tips for Henry's. And as I mentioned to you, we did an episode a couple years ago around Henry's, and the listeners just couldn't get enough of it. So I thought, you know what, we need to do an updated version of this. But I want to start back at the beginning for people who maybe are new to this idea of a Henry. Tell me what a Henry is and, and what makes them unique. Sure. Um, So as some may know, Henry stands for a high earner, not rich yet, which is an incredibly clever term in our industry. Um, (laughs) Unfortunately, not completely maybe gender neutral, but uh, nobody's come up with anything better yet. Uh, And, you know, frequently these are people in large metropolitan areas um, in that wealth accumulation phase of their career, kind of maybe the middle phase where they've got out of their entry-level position and are starting to, you know, make what is real money to them. Uh, They are building their retirement accounts. They're building their other assets. They're maybe buying their first home. And um, they're not quite what, you know, would be traditionally wealthy, but they're definitely on a trajectory to be there. So then would you classify someone who's in the Henry category as as being rich or you know, how do we like frame that uh, that discussion around rich and wealth? And because I know a lot of people listening probably screaming at me, like if somebody's making three hundred or four hundred thousand, of course they would be. But I know there's another side of of the coin when we're when we're talking about income. Uh, sure, um, and I'm sure you know you've heard many times on your show, rich is a definition of of the quality of your life, not a numerical value, uh, and how you choose to live it. But for many of these people. They don't feel rich, um, especially because they're part of growing families, part which, you know, includes expanding their household and maybe their real estate holdings, taking family vacations, childcare costs, uh, very, very high ticket items that while their income can support it, they're not just seeing their bank account and checking account go up every month. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. So obviously you spend your days working with Henry's. You have a lot of great insights. If I'm somebody who wants to up-level my finances and kind of get to that next level where where the Henry's are, what are some financial tips or strategies that, that I should be focused on? Um, yeah, uh, you know, as you kind of transition, you know, out of what I'll call the first phase of your career and you start to have more disposable income, you start looking at upping that savings rate for the first time. Maybe you're finally starting to save 10% of your income and saying, let's take that to 20 someday. Uh, you know, and doing it, you know, for the first time for many people, this is when it starts to become a real consideration is uh, Roth contribution the best thing for me? Or is right. tax deferred the best asset? Um, 
and and more beneficial. Um, you know, now they're experiencing high income tax levels and shifting that thinking. Maybe they're, you know, starting to hit contribution maximums for their 401k for the first time. And I know that's a big achievement in and of itself uh, in your career. And uh, we'd like to give people credit for, for accomplishing that. Uh, <laughs> sure. Um, and, and this is the first time where you can, you know, that, that fresh out of college budget you set obviously has blown out and maybe you need to revisit it, uh, and give yourself a little bit more leeway, but still say, you know, I'm conscious of what I'm spending and I'm going to have a a conscious savings number that I'm working towards and, you know, just kind of be methodical about, about your financial picture again. So, so being maybe more intentional with the money steps that you're that you're doing, the money you're saving, where your money's going, all of that stuff, right? Absolutely. Uh, you know, we're coming off of a year where people accumulated cash and they couldn't figure out why they accumulated cash, and it's because <laughs> they couldn't do anything. Um, but but now that you know, life might have some return to normalcy. Saying what is normal for me, and can I keep this? you know, momentum, I feel we had kind of a once in generational saving up savings opportunity in the past 12 months. And can I keep this momentum and, you know, set up those, those automated transfers that maybe I didn't have before is money going to my savings and my brokerage every month. Uh, and that, that, that I can live without kind of. Yeah, for sure. And with like the Henry's that come to you for financial help, what are some of the areas where Henry's may struggle, where they really need like a financial advisor to come in and help tweak things? Uh, yeah, I would say that it's very much mindset. First of all, being tax focused, uh, taxes being a big part of your world for the first time, um, you know, not chasing a stock that, that right. was a short-term gain and they're like, great, I made a thousand bucks on this. And you're like, well, you got to give 400 of it back now. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't Surprise. feel quite as good. Um, was that really worth your time and your anxiety? Um, and, and saying, you know, I'm in the second phase of my investing career. Most people have a retirement account and they've, that's been their only investing, but now they're willing you know, to invest in a broker traditional brokerage account, or this is my long-term important money. It, maybe it will be for goals that are five to 10 years out, but it also has liquidity in it. It's not just right. going to sit there till I'm 60. Yeah, for sure. So how did you decide to start working with Henry's? Like, was this a, was this a conscious decision or did you just kind of fall into this path? Uh, you, this was very much a conscious decision. Um, I, I've worked my whole career in kind of the fee only, uh, wealth management space for that matter. Um, when I started my career, that was a space that was only for the kind of ultra wealthy, high, ultra high net worth clients, because frankly, they were the only ones that knew to look for that kind of advice, uh, and could afford to. Um, and so I worked at, you know, big firms and, you know, worked with an average portfolio that was eight, $9 million dollars. And my average client age was 76 years old. And I left that kind of indus- that, that industry in that space two years ago and started from scratch on my own. And overnight, my average client age was 36 years old. <laughs> dramatic uh, difference. Dramatic. Uh, and a lot of advisors talk about this Henry space and how they can get into it. And the reality is, is you just have to believe in it 
and you have to be willing to commit to it and uh, take some chances on it, on your beliefs. Yeah, for sure. And you, you talked about last year, obviously, year and a half has been a complete unique situation scenario for all of us. Curious, did you have any personal like money revelations or aha moments over the last year and a half? I mean, I know you're a financial uh, advisor, but I know myself, even as a money expert, like sometimes I have things that pop up. I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't think about that. I maybe I should have known about that. Uh, yeah, two things, I guess. One is I've never been a fan of real estate. Uh, <laughs> I, it's serves a function, and you can imagine in the past year, I felt more like a real estate agent than a financial advisor, as everyone. Yeah had a real estate craze. Um, I speak to you currently from our small little beach house at the Jersey Shore where my wife had before I met her and I complained about for many years and I've, I've lost that battle for forevermore because <laughs> it was very convenient <laughs> during the past 12 months. Um, so it, I, I've reframed about how I think about real estate and never to, to begrudge people what brings them happiness and, and that can be real estate. Um, and the other the other big changes, um, I've always kind of had one eye to ESG investing. Yeah. Um, but my clients in the past 12 months have really had time to drill in on this. And I've been able to really improve the work I feel we do on this and connect to people about what their actual values are, not just saying, oh, you want ESG, let's flip the switch and you own less weapons and tobacco and and you should go, go feel good about that. But say, really, what are the causes that matter to you? Because at the beginning of all this last March, when we had um, some big pullbacks in portfolios, I had some clients that had ESG uh, tilts in their portfolios and I reached out to them as I would and said, you're kind of down 40, 50% here. How do you feel about this? And the response was, well, I know why we did that. And I feel good about those causes. And I, hmm. I feel good that that will still be the future. And of course it came back and then some, so that was a big learning experience for me. I, you know, I went and made changes to my portfolio to reflect my values because of that. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about ESG. We've talked about that a little bit on the show, but tell me like, what, what does that really mean? Yeah. So ESG uh, is environmental social governance and you know, traditionally, this was having a, a social impact with your investments, supporting companies that are making improvements in this area, that are environmentally conscious, have, you know, low carbon emissions commitments, and treat their employees well, have a track record of treating their employees well, have gender diversity and uh, racial diversity, and support causes like that. And for a lot of people, this means in their mind means supporting companies that are going to continue to change um, right. these things going forward, as opposed to just don't, don't let's not own the bad companies, uh, which is <laughs> it's, it's kind of easy to do. I have to tell you about my new obsession notion, our sponsor today notion has single-handedly changed how I do life for the better. I use Notion for all my daily journaling so I can keep it all in one spot. I also keep all our favorite recipes that are budget-friendly in Notion so I can easily sort and find the ones I love and easily create fast grocery lists. And okay, one of the best uses of Notion 
you can create a template for your money dates and track your goals right in Notion. Seriously, Notion is a game changer. Notion is a place where any team can write, plan, organize, and rediscover the joy of play. It's a workspace designed not just for making progress, but really getting inspired. It's an AI-powered workspace. It turns knowledge into action. You can use Notion to summarize meeting notes and auto-generate action items, get answers to questions in minute, and you can make all of your money tasks so much easier. Notion is for everyone, whether you're a Fortune 500 company, freelance designer, starting a new startup, a student juggling classes and clubs, or just somebody really wanting to get your life together. Try Notion for free when you go to notion.com slash etm. That's all lowercase letters. Notion.com slash etm and start turning ideas into action. And when you use our link, you're supporting our show. Notion.com slash etm. So tell me, what are your money goals that you have for this year? Maybe you're like me and endlessly looking for a house to buy and you're focused on saving for a down payment or you're drooling over traveling somewhere tropical this year and you want to save to pay for it or you're ready to leave your job and build your own business. So you're going to need some startup funds. Whatever your goals are this year, Monarch can help you reach them. In fact, the Wall Street Journal named Monarch the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress towards financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. What I love about Monarch is it's simple and easy, customizable design, so the dashboard can look exactly the way you want it to. I'm also a big fan of creating custom budgets for things like travel. It's one of my favorite money tips. And Monarch lets you do this so easily. This is such a great way to stay motivated when you've got a lot of money goals. You can easily track your progress with every dollar that you save or spend. Remember, your brain loves to see progress and you should celebrate it when you're saving money. And honestly, I am so focused on privacy, so I really admire that Monarch will never sell your data to third parties. This means a lot to me and it should mean a lot to you as well. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of the show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. I know I'm a bit biased, but honestly, I think I have the best dog ever. Her name is Winnie Stardust, she is a golden mountain doodle, and she is full of spunk and fun, and she's never met a ball she does not love. I honestly, I would do anything for Winnie, and she has enriched my life so much. I can confidently say Winnie is absolutely one of the most priceless purchases I have ever made. Today's episode is sponsored by the ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program. In today's world, we insure a lot, from cars and homes to cell phones and even travel plans. But what about insurance for your cat or dog? With ASPCA Pet Health Insurance, you can focus on the care your pet deserves and cover what matters most. This is what I call smart spending because, let's be real, those vet bills, they can be expensive. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care they need. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program, they've been around for about 18 years, 
And they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. They allow you to customize your plan, helping ensure your pet's plan is unique as they are. Because vet bills, they can really add up, especially when you are least expecting it. It's simple. You use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTC Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. Imagine unlocking a version of yourself that's unstoppable, where mental barriers no longer hold you back. Listen to Mentally Stronger with me, Amy Morin, therapist and international bestselling author, here to guide you on a journey to reaching your greatest potential. Every Monday, I bring you into conversations with some of the most fascinating minds, experts, authors, entrepreneurs, athletes, and musicians. They don't just share stories. They reveal the mental strategies that propelled them to the top. But here's the real magic. At the end of each episode, I break down their wisdom into practical therapist-approved advice. In my solo episodes, I dive deep into the techniques that build mental strength. It's like having your own personal therapy session as you discover how to turn these insights into steps you can take right now. This podcast isn't just for those facing mental health challenges. It's for anyone who wants to push their limits, achieve peak performance, and truly thrive. Are you ready to unlock your full potential? Then it's time to become mentally stronger. Subscribe to Mentally Stronger with therapist Amy Morin, available wherever you love to listen to podcasts. We've all spent more time with family lately. It can feel like old times, but your mind is on the future too and what you can do to shape it. At Sandy Spring Bank, we work with clients to help them grow and protect their money with wealth management, trust services, and insurance so they can enjoy today and ultimately pass along their wealth. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your dreams. Visit sandyspringbank.com slash wealth. Wealth and insurance products are not FDIC insured, not guaranteed, and may lose value. We have an Ask Shauna. This one comes from Jenna. Jenna says, hey, Shauna, I very recently started listening to your podcast and I love it. I'm currently listening to Find Happiness and Ditch Settling. And that has really hit me personally because I've been so insecure to build, flip, sell, which I love. And someone asked about her emergency savings and it made me think of the question. I have one month's worth of income in my emergency savings currently and have an Acorns account too but I don't have any sort of saving for retirement and I want the ability to retire early. I have about $1,000 extra in my savings and I'm trying to decide if I should move that money to a broker and start that for retirement because I'm not yet qualified for work to start a 401k. Almost, but not quite been there a year yet. Your opinion would mean so much to me. Thank you so much. Jenna, so glad to have you in the MMP community You are more than welcome, and congrats on all your hard work. This is absolutely fantastic. And this is a great question, and one that definitely is really personal, because there isn't necessarily a right or wrong answer here. We're looking at two good things. We're looking at saving versus investing, and those are both great things. So there isn't a 
a bad or a negative to this scenario, but I want to give you some things to think about. First, with your 401k, my first question to you is, does your company offer a match? If yes, I might think about waiting until you hit that year mark because you said you were kind of close to start investing in the 401k and and take take advantage of that match. It's really something you don't get anywhere else. So I, I always encourage everyone, if you have a match, at least invest up to that match. If not, if that's not an option, then you're kind of looking at it this way. You can contribute more to your 401k than you can to a Roth or an IRA. So depending on what your goals are and how much you want to save, that will maybe sway you one way or another. Again, there isn't necessarily a right or wrong answer. There's just preferences. And it comes down to what you want to invest in, what matters to you, right? There's also this tipping point I want to talk about with savings versus investing. So yes, you want to make sure you have a strong emergency fund, which it sounds like you're off to a great start. You might think about saving two to three months just to have an extra bit in there, but Above that, I'd start investing. You want to make sure that some of your money is growing (laughs) and growing beyond the zero to two percent that you're going to get in any kind of savings account. That money is not keeping up with inflation. So we've got to get some bucket of money growing. And you are young enough that if you start investing even a small amount of money right now, In 20, 30 years, it's going to blow your mind what it can grow to. Yes, the market's going to ebb and flow, but the numbers are definitely on your side. You can always opt for a robo-advisor like Elvest or Betterment or Wealthfront. If you want to set up a Roth or IRA, if you choose 401k route, then you'll have to make a selection from the options available wherever you work. One thing I want to say is I'm a big fan, if you do go the 401k route, of a company called Bloom. It's with three O's, and they help you select the best 401k options based on your risk tolerance. So they look at everything in your 401k and say, hey, based on how risky you want to be, here's the portfolio we might suggest. Yes, they do this for a fee, but I think it is one of the best ways to help you really select the options, especially if you're new to investing. But whatever way you slice this, you're going to be making a smart money move. So Jenna, again, congratulations on all your success. And if you have an Ask Shauna question, just head right on over to the show notes. There's a link right there. You can enter your question. And if you want to remain anonymous, just let me know and happy to do so. Dan's got so much more to share with you about Henry's, so let's jump back in. So like if somebody's interested in investing in ESG, is is the best advice to just figure out, again, kind of the process that you did, like what are my values and what are the companies that that really align with my values? Yeah, it's um, it's great to sit down and say, what are, what are my values? Uh, one thing, again, that we've learned in the past year is you can't have everything at once, right? Uh, no, come on, Dan. Don't uh, spoil it for us. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, for instance, two big issues with clients are uh, climate change and, in that regard, alternative energy and gender diversity. And right. we've found that sometimes alternative energy companies are not the best at having gender diversity in their leadership. And we've had to take a step back and say, which one of these causes is more important? Can we separate these in our mind? Can we? do something on both fronts um, 
or just say, look, we, we, this is not something we want to pursue or we don't want to support certain companies if they don't meet all our objectives. Um, so yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a bigger dive there. Yeah, it's really interesting when you start to really unpack it all and and figure out what's important to you and how that lines up with companies and what you're willing to maybe sacrifice on and what you aren't. And you brought up the the story where you were saying that some of your clients who were ESG and it was down 40, 50% and they were like, oh, I'm okay with it because I made this conscious decision. And And we live, I feel like right now in this complete environment of FOMO uh, with investors, cryptocurrency, you name it. I mean, everyone feels like they should have been someplace that maybe they weren't, or maybe they're going to get rich off something. And I think that story you shared about ESG, like that's a real mindset shift around investing. So what sort of advice would you have around like dealing with our emotions when it comes to investing and really understanding why and what we're invested in. Sure. Um, it, it's funny you allude to it, kind of what's been this trend of the past year, the the boredom market <laughs> hypothesis. The more fun something is, the, the more it should go up. Uh, and for many people, this ESG thing has been f- fun in the regards that it's been meaningful to them to explore their values and to talk about these things. And, um, and again, uh, I'm in the early stages here of a hypothesis that, when we have down markets, which we will, you know, that we will experience another 20% down market someday in our lives, that this will be uh, another component that people look back to just the same as they look back to their asset allocation. And did I have enough bonds? And did I not experience the full brunt of this down market? Did I have the right risk tolerance? Uh, I think they'll go hand in hand. And it's just an evolution of that. um, You know, am I doing the right things? Am I Am I constructing my portfolio well? Do I have thematic tilts that express my ideas and what I think about the world? And do I have uh, tilts that express my values and, and my my personal right. objectives? Yeah. And I know we have a lot of new investors that listen to the show that are either just starting to invest or really want to, but are, are not sure where to start. What would you say to somebody who who's in that position where they're just not sure what to pick, where to start? I mean, obviously you're not don't give us, you know, a particular stock to invest in or fund, but but how would you encourage somebody to kind of get over that threshold? Yeah. Um not to say just start, but we've all heard the stories of the person who said Oh, I remember when I first heard of Netflix, I knew this was going to be the next big thing. Uh, <laughs> or I remember, or Beyond Burgers, I knew were going to be huge. Uh, these are companies right. I believe in. And I, I tell people it's your money and it should reflect you. And doing things with your money that reflect you and investments that reflect your, your best thinking, your ideas, is an incredibly empowering experience. And uh, do your research, do your homework as you would with anything that's important to you. You, you would read Amazon reviews before you'd buy a new microwave. Um, you do that research and then you, at some point you make the decision to participate and you'll have an investing experience and good or bad, you will be wiser for it. And it will become part of your experience that you'll draw on. And the next time you think you have a hot stock idea or a hot thematic idea, 
you'll be able to draw back on that first experience and that research you did and say, how can I refine this? How can I be better? Um, and I, I'm a big believer that having a process is better than a lack of a process. Um, <laughs> right. I always tell people like if I was, I live in Los Angeles, if I was to drive to New York, I wouldn't just start out without any GPS. Like I need some sort of roadmap to get me there. And it's the same thing when it comes to your money. I mean, you're going to make twists and turns and have to make U-turns and all sorts of things, but we need, we need some sort of direction of, of everything that, that we're going towards. Yeah, absolutely. So if, if you were to, say, put together a, a punch list, if you will, of money steps to take, we're all kind of rolling out of this pandemic. And whether we're a Henry or not, what do you think are some important things for us to focus on the rest of 2021? Obviously, we're getting now back into a place where everything is opening up. We're going to start spending money again. How do we How do we balance that all and still be really smart, make smart money moves? Sure. Um, to borrow terminology a little bit, thinking of it as kind of a, a checkup you would get at your doctor. If, if you're like me and you're my age, kind of as, as older middle-aged millennials, I guess, where you go to the doctor and you get a blood exam and they give you the, the numbers and you just want to look at your numbers and know how you're doing and, and freak out in your own head before he gives you a call and tells you you're fine. Um, <laughs> in that regard, there's some numbers you can look at. You can look at what is my spending rate? I mean, how, what's my burn rate? What, how much am I spending of my income? How much am I saving? Um, you know, I tell people, you're in your 30s. Now let's you need to be saving 10%. And we're going to get that to 20% by the time you're 50. We're going to kind of trajectory that. Um, and and when you're 60, we'll take it to 30%. Um, it, and uh, what is what is my savings rate? What's my debt rate? Um, you know, obviously that's a, that's a probably foremost bringing that down. Um, you know, we come from a generation that had a lot of student loan debt. So, so some of that's been unavoidable, but, um, these are, these are the things I can, can do with my money. How much is going to that retirement bucket? How much is going into tax deferred? How much is going into Roth? How much is going into after tax money? Um, just kind of putting numbers around this. So, so you know where you're at and where you'd like to be, um, I'm not going to tell anybody overnight they have to hit all these targets. Um, but once life is kind of returning to a normalcy, knowing like this is this is my base case and this is where I'm going. I like what you're saying because it's about a sort of gentle. Uh, we're stepping up as as we go, and so like you said, we're not we're not doing everything uh, overnight, and I think that's a really healthy approach. And you, you were talking about student loan debt. And I'm curious when, when we look at Henry's, uh, is, is student loan debt, even though maybe they're earning a high income, is that usually still a part of, of the plan that, that we're trying to get student loan debt paid off? Because I think there's this maybe illusion that the more money we make, you know, we're, we're not going to have any debt and it's just going to be easy to wipe everything away. Yeah. Um, you know, there's good debt and bad debt. And I've always said, think of the interest rate you pay on debt as a negative rate of return. And if you're able to get a better positive rate of return, then maybe your money is better deployed there. But, mm. um, you know, in coming off a couple of years where we've seen double digit positive rates of return, it's felt like that was a better thing to do with your money. Um, but going forward where we might see a muted return environment where we're getting six, 7% returns, still great returns. 
if you have debt that's seven, eight, nine percent, maybe it makes sense to start paying some of that off. Uh, especially when you are entering your highest earning years and you're not getting a deduction for that student loan interest anymore. Uh, and it's just pure debt. There's no tax benefit to it. Um, and so we're constantly doing that. Uh, frankly, a lot of times people are just looking for permission to pay off debt. There's this fear that paying off debt is some irrevocable decision that they'll never be able to undo. Uh, you know, the classic example is that you talk to people with, $60,000 in their checking account and $20,000 on their credit card. And you're like, <laughs> do you understand how interest rates work? Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yes, you have permission to pay off that credit card. Please pay off that credit card. Um, and so that is, you know, not uncommon. Very smart people find themselves in, the, in that trap. Yeah. It's so interesting when you start thinking about <laughs> it from that perspective. And I know you're a fee only advisor, tell me a little bit, what does that mean fee only? If someone's working with you, like what sort of service are they getting? Um, yeah, I say I work with people as an advocate. They're part of my team, part of my network and my family. And because they know that the fee they're paying me is the only compensation I'm receiving, I'm always going to be going out and getting the best solutions for them. I have no conflicts. I'm not receiving compensation from anywhere. I'm not incentivized to do anything. I work for them. And I tell my clients that if they wake up in the middle of the night and something's keeping them up and there's a dollar sign involved to just shoot me an email and go back to sleep and I'll get to work <laughs> at it in the morning. I'm, I'm, an, I'm part of your team. I work for you. And so uh, I think my clients find a lot of solace in that, that I'm not trying to be everything to everyone. I have my clients who I work with. You know, I will cap out at 70 clients in my career. That's all the people I can serve. That's so interesting. I like that. On your team, that's such a different mindset shift uh, when you're working with someone. And I like that. Let me know what your issue is. Go back to sleep and I'll take care of it in the morning. Uh, well, Dan, this has been so insightful. I like to end every episode with, an actionable money tip, idea, strategy, tool, anything that you think we need to know about right now. So what's something you want the Millennium Money listeners to walk away with? Um, we'll be very topical and talk about your crypto holdings that everybody seems to have in the past year. Everybody's um, a crypto expert. Yeah, everybody's a crypto expert. Everybody has some. And now at the time of recording this, everybody might have some losses in their crypto holdings. And now is the time to think about, is it worth harvesting those losses and offsetting gains that maybe you made in your Robinhood portfolio this year? It's uh, it's first time to be thoughtful of taxes just because, you know, just because you made $60,000 on Dogecoin doesn't mean you just want a Tesla. There's taxes associated with that. And uh, our government has signaled that they will be paying a lot more attention to that. So now's a good time to start thinking about the the not fun part of the boredom markets hypothesis, the paying taxes part. Um, so, Well, Dan, uh, again, this has been so great. Tell the listeners, if they're interested, where they can go to find you and connect with you. Yeah, um, I am a partner at Sincerus Advisory, S-I-N-C-E-R-U-S, and you can find us at SincerusADV, as in advisor.com. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. And uh, yeah, thank you, Shauna. I really like how Dan was talking about this idea of money buckets. 
that's how I suggest you think of things. It's always how I talk to my friends and how I would talk to clients about this. You've got all these different buckets and they have all a different purpose when it comes to your money and your goals. So I want to encourage you today, go out there, start building your buckets and start thinking like a Henry. But I want to make you a high earner who's wealthy. So we're going to maybe change that Henry around a little bit. All right, if you enjoyed this episode, do me a favor, share it with your friends, family members, anybody who you know would be also interested in this Henry idea. As always, there are links to Dan and all the episode sponsors in the show notes. I'll see you back here in a few days for a new episode. Hey, you. Yes, you. Before you go, we want to say thanks for listening to this episode of Millennial Money. For all the links, tags, and ads you've heard on today's episode, check out the show notes or go to mmoneypodcast.com where you'll find more episodes to share with your friends. While you're at it, leave us a review and make sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss out on all the money tips and tricks that will take you from a millennial regular to a millennial money expert. See you back here in a few days with a fresh new episode.